Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners, to Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast. This is Season 5, Episode 9, Slapsgiving 2, Revenge of the Slap. And with me, as always, is Jen. Hello. Jen, thoughts on Slapsgiving 2, Revenge of the Slaps? I did not have the best time with it. Mm-hmm. It barely got a couple of chuckles. Like, the end redeemed itself a bit with, like, all the back and forth between, like, who's going to do the slap, I like that, and then, like, the very end. But for the most part, it was, you know, an episode I didn't get a lot out of. I found it sort of right in the middle, kind of like you. Season 5 is a really good season. This is probably, well, it's not the worst this season, but it's hanging towards the bottom. I thought that the cadence of the rhythms of this show were really actually pretty good. Some of the emotional points of it were actually also really good. Yeah, that's true. The humor wasn't that great. Yeah, there's like nothing laugh out loud, which I feel like season five has been a lot of laugh out loud. Well, we're going to get into this pretty quickly, but I think we'll start off with an email from Danielle, and then we have a new emailer, a new writer, Yay. that will read at the end of the podcast. So, Jen, if you, if you will, with Danielle's... Hey guys, I don't have a lot to say about this episode, but I do think the concept is funny. The gangs, like, this is awful behavior, but I want to know more. Like, as they're looking through the playbook and hearing what Barney's talking about. Okay. Or what Barney's written about and how it's been implemented. That's, like, what the audience is thinking, so it's pretty funny. With that said, Ted's date had that coming for ditching him, but the he's not coming is awful. But I love that he ordered chicken fingers. (laughs) To tell the people who want to email them, I feel like if you get it to them by the following Monday, Tuesday the latest, like, afternoon, you'll be solid. Of course, with my time blindness, that's a gamble I take some weeks. I think, she, is she advising other people when they should email us? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, that's a pretty safe, safe strategy. I feel like we usually have been recording Wednesdays. Yeah, it's tricky because we try and record on, Jen and I take turns each night putting on Tyler to bed. And the only way to really time us doing this in the evening is if I let her watch it as I'm putting Tyler to bed. So that sort of limits which nights we do it. Um, Usually we don't do it any later than Wednesday. So, yeah, usually getting something in before Tuesday is safe. Yep, even Tuesday afternoon, depending on where you are in the world. We're East Coast. Um, my favorite joke would have to be when Marshall and Ted tease Robin about finding love. The ending is totes cute. And the worst joke would have to be when Ted said, and others throw themselves into, and Barney said, every woman in New York City. Love you. Thanks, Danielle. Thanks, Danielle. I love you. Always good to hear from you. All right. As we get into this episode, why don't we start off with, what the hell does this title mean? I mean, isn't it like a Star Wars Reference? I guess Revenge of the Sith. Right? Yeah, I guess that's it. Okay. I was trying to figure that out, and it sounded familiar to me, but... Oh, I thought you were, like, testing me on Star Wars knowledge. <laughs> no, because it's not like it's... Okay, yeah, so it's Episode 2, Revenge of the Sith. So that's, I guess, what this is, but it's, it still doesn't make sense. I mean, I'm guessing it was just... There was a slapsgiving. This is now a second Slapsgiving, and then they just added on the Revenge of the Slap because they're Star Wars fans. Okay, but it just, it still doesn't make sense, Revenge of the Slap. There's no revenge here. (laughs) I think you're trying to read too much into this. I'm trying to read anything into this. Not too much, just it doesn't make sense to me. 
So not a good start. <laughs> okay. Well, apparently it was supposed to be called Lily's Dad, and then they changed it. So I'm guessing you think they made the wrong call. Maybe something having to do with a board game. I'm not going to try and rewrite it right now. I don't care that much about the titles, but when they don't make much sense. But, I mean, it is another Slapsgiving. It's slaps around Thanksgiving. I mean, I guess they could have just went with Slapsgiving, too. Is this, yeah, this is the second Slapsgiving. This is the second Thanksgiving they've done, and they've both been Slapsgivings, right? Yes. No, the first Thanksgiving they had in Minnesota. Oh. So it's actually the third Thanksgiving episode they've done, and yeah, they haven't done one in the two second, years. I think it was the second one that Lily hosted, Lily Marshall hosted. I think you're right. It's got a Star Wars homage in the title, but it just doesn't relate much to the episode because the revenge of the slap just, it doesn't tell me anything about this episode. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't reflect anything that happens in this episode. Okay. Unless... <laughs> They should play the music when they keep switching back who's slapping. Oh. <laughs> Unless both, they're calling both Ted and Robin slaps that they were trying to give to each other revenge slaps. I mean, I was kind of thinking of it as... No, because yeah. Ted wouldn't revenge. Didn't need to take revenge on Barney. Well, Barney did sleep with his ex-girlfriend. Yeah, but he already punched him in the nads for that. Mm. Really, the, when Robin was going to give it to Ted, it was all about, well, we'll get there. Anyway, I'm sorry, what were you saying? Um, yeah, I, maybe there's something to them getting revenge on Barney as a whole by, like, the passing around of the slap, but it's a reach. Okay, well, let's go ahead and get through this one. The narrator's introducing us to the next Thanksgiving. We get a little mishigas about... Mishigas, you've been watching a lot of Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> It's a very Susie term. Shut up, you schmohawk. <laughs> About Marshall losing the turkey, Robin and, and Ted getting it back from the uh, Port Authority. Does the taxi cabs go to a Port Authority? I don't know. That, I wouldn't <laughs> think so, no. I think they go to their taxi stands. Right. I would think Port Authority. Or they like rent the bus. taxi and don't go back anyplace and just take it home. Or, but maybe that's just the centralized place when somebody leaves something in their cab. Maybe. That's a very nice cab driver. Yeah. To go ahead and do that and not just take it home. Very true. And Marshall's acting, acting very strangely about getting this turkey back like it's his baby, like it's a, a child. Yeah. Yeah. He's very proud of his turkey purchase, but not enough to actually get it out of the cab. Yeah, the whole that's my turkey, come here, you handsome little bastard. I think this is probably going to be my, my least favorite line. Okay. But, you know, all of this is to set up Marshall bequeathing a slap to Ted and Robin. It's the right. rationale behind it. We get a rewind on what slaps already happened. There's the one right after Marshall won the bet, the one during the play, and then the one two Thanksgivings ago. Right. So Marshall has a total of five that he won. And so they're up on the fourth one. Barney argues that slaps are not transferable. Lily will allow it. Yeah, Lily's a slap at commissioner, in case anybody forgot from the first slaps giving. And Marshall's giving this to Robin and Ted. Marshall's giving this to Robin and Ted, but he has three rules. One, it has to happen before sundown so they don't interfere with Lily's meal. 
Two, they have to decide who does it. And three, for some reason he wants to tie Barney to a chair, which doesn't really go along with any of this, but I think they needed three things. Right. And they got to see a, say, slapping throne. (laughs) They could have done that without tying him down. Yeah. That's a weird, weird little caveat. The doorbell rings, and Lily's wondering who it is because no one else was invited. She opens the door, and it is her dad, played by Chris Elliott, who is a actor, comedian, who's been in about a dozen movies. Is that it? Hmm? He's only been in a dozen movies, really? A dozen or so movies. I, maybe more, but... Okay. He just seems like one of those guys that's been around forever. Assume he's been in a bunch been, of stuff. Been in a lot of TV shows. All you hipsters probably know him best from Schitt's Creek. Hipsters? <laughs> Isn't that who watches hip, Schitt's Creek? Hipsters? We watch Schitt's Creek. Are we hipsters? We're hipster doofuses. <laughs> Those are different categories, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, and I guess I didn't realize that he wasn't bald, or that he was bald, like, because his character in Schitt's Creek has hair, like, even though it's bad hair, it's like, okay, well, that's just a bad wig, not his bad hair, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> do we, I'm not even sure if we know whether the character in Schitt's Creek is supposed to be wearing a wig or... Not that I know of. Okay. I don't think that's ever come There's up. no reveal. Right. Well, Mickey's got this default, or defect, rather, that he's obsessed with making the next great American board game, and that's really affected Lily's childhood and her relationship with him. So we get a lot of scenes of flashback from Lily's childhood of her coming in. You know, he's Mr. Gymnastics meet, but he wants her to see Tijuana Slumlord, or he's come up with... (laughs) I like these games. Come up with (laughs) another one called Car Battery, How Long Can You Hold On? And he wants her to grab one of the ends of the car battery. As it's sparking. She comes in with a nightmare. He wants her to play. There's a clown demon under the bed. Yeah, I wonder why this company never took off. (laughs) This reminds me of a Saturday Night Live skit, and I've shown it to you from the 70s. It's like from the first, first or second season, where Candace Bergen is a talk show host, or sort of like an investigative journalist talk show host, or maybe it was having something to do with like consumer affairs, and she's interviewing this guy who's made these really dangerous kids games played by Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> right, and it's like bag in a glass. It's just a glass. Glass in a, a ba- bag. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, glass in a bag. It's just a bag of broken glass, and <laughs> that's right. I do there's like that. a, a GI Joe type character that when you pull off his head, there's like a blade, Johnny Blade <laughs> or something. I can't remember their names, but the, just the. Sleazeball character, yeah. The sleazeball character. He's he has a defense for all these these games that you know, right? And you know, this is a very Chris Elliott type character, just like a real doofus. Hmm. This all comes to a major head in two thousand and six, when Marshall and Lily are going to see her grandparents on his side, who we haven't met yet. No, her grandma was at like. The bridal shower. I thought that was just Lily's side of the family. I don't think Ross's mom was at the bridal shower. I thought she was, because I thought we talked about it then. Oh, maybe. I don't think so. Well, let's look. (laughs) If only there was a way to tell. Okay, we are back. I was right. She does appear again, but she hasn't appeared before. At the bridal shower, that was all Lily's mom's side of the family. However, I think Jen's remembering that one of the older relatives in that bridal shower on her mom's side 
had once played Ross and Rachel, I'm sorry, Ross and Monica's aunt in the episode where Nana dies. Yeah, maybe it got mixed up in my brain. You want to do the I told you so dance? I do. I told you so, told you so, told you so, told you so. <laughs> if only this were a visual medium. At least I got the song. <laughs> All right, so anyway. As she's at her grandparents, Marshall wants to know, are they excited to move to Florida, but there's been a change of plans. And then they hear Mickey, her dad, calling up from the basement that he needs his straw from his juice box broke. And so we get this thing where people go back to their parents' house and become little kids again in this right. show. Right, yeah, this we get the this first with Marshall one of in a couple seasons, I think. Uh, apparently Mickey had a falling out with his roommate. The roommate wanted him to pay rent. It got kind of ugly. And there's sort of a strange joke here where living with his parents again is really cramping his style. Clearly they're not getting the whole sock on the doorknob thing. Marshall says, they caught you with a girl, and he says, in a way. What is that? What do you think that means? Um, I mean, it just means he was whacking Masturbating? Yeah. Uh, I mean... I guess it couldn't... What else could it be? It could be a blow-up doll or something like that, but... I suppose. It could be uh, online porn, maybe. I mean, I think the, <laughs> the end result regardless is... Yeah. Self-indulgence. Okay. Thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> and oh. then the Grandpa is about to go to work. Um, Lily points out that he's retired, but... Now that he has an extra mouth to feed, he had to return to the steel, steel mill. mill. Are there steel mills on Long Island? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. He's got to get his truss. I don't, what's a truss? I'm guessing it's like something like sort of a, you put around your body to carry heavy things. <laughs> so Lily flips out that you know, all of her dad's nonsense is impacting her grandparents' life negatively. Yeah, he thinks that. This will all be solved when his new sensation, Dogfight Promoter, oh gets sold. And I, actually, when he's showing them this game, Marshall's face looks kind of pleased. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this isn't one of those things that, you know, 15 years later is, <laughs> like, it's bad in retrospect. This was bad at the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder if this was before or after Michael Vick. I feel like it's probably after. That makes it funnier. Yes. Then we get our first You're Dead to Me look, and we get sort of this intense horror music and wind blowing in her hair. <laughs> and fire in her eyes. Yeah. I think... So I read that she had a similar kind of look when she used her power in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I read that too, but I never watched that show. But this... It's also very rem- reminiscent of a movie. It was a Stephen King book, and I forget who made the movie. Maybe Steven Spielberg, I'm not sure, called Firestarter, about a little girl who could start fire with her mind. Mm. And Drew Barrymore was the little girl. You've never seen the movie, have you? I never have, but somehow I know it was Drew Barrymore. And as she was starting to get angry enough to create these like giant fireballs, or maybe it was just a little fire, like her hair would start blowing a little bit. Oh, interesting. Her eyes wouldn't turn red like that, but... Huh. It sort of reminded me of that. Okay. Which makes sense when the people like kind of burst into flames. Now, maybe (laughs) Buffy got it from that movie. Yeah, maybe. So we're back to to the evening of 
Thanksgiving and Mickey's standing there and he brought diseases, which is his new attempt at a board game. And Lily just closes the door on him. She starts kind of freaking out, like, doesn't want him to be here, wants Marshall to get rid of him. Marshall's playing dumb. Let's see what he wants. He's, at the same time, kind of going out to Mickey and saying, hey, it's going to be a little longer. And I like Mickey's, I'm okay as long as I have diseases. The fun's infectious. (laughs) And then laughs at his own joke. (laughs) Marshall kind of makes a face, but I thought that was pretty good. (laughs) We get, you know, a little bit between Robin and Ted worrying about Lily, and Barney can't focus. He just wants to know who's going to slap him. Yeah. Um... Okay, then we go back to Marshall and Lily. Lily wants him gone. He causes her nothing but stress. It's just easier for him to be dead to her. And then Marshall goes through the list of people that sh- that have become dead to her, like a neighbor. I kind of like the neighbor's taking her newspaper and says he'll have it back in 15 minutes. I don't think they so needed gross. to make it 20 at stake last night. I think 15 was good enough. They could have cut the joke there. True. And then the bridesmaid who... Made a negative comment about her wedding dress. I mean, who does that? And then finally Mr. Park at the bodega downstairs from them, where she goes there in the evening to have decaf coffee. Now, this is insanity. (laughs) She goes for a non-caffeinated coffee at the bodega out of a pot. Right. That she watches somebody else order a regular coffee. Mr. Park pours from the same pot. And tells Lily that he was lying to the other guy, and she believes him. Right, and that's the joke of it, but I'm still bothered by the idea that she would go out to get a non-caffeinated coffee from the bodega downstairs. You know it's not going to taste good. <laughs> I mean, if she really needed caffeine, I could understand her doing that. I mean, yeah. And they're really, out of it in the house. We know they have a coffee maker. I don't understand decaf coffee. Like it's, The whole point of coffee is the caffeine. <laughs> I wonder if some people are trying to quit caffeine but they still like the taste of coffee. So maybe it's it's like having a a vape cigarette instead of a real cigarette or diet cola instead of regular cola. Like you're trying to get off of it, but you still kind of like the taste. Hmm. Okay. I don't know if that for sure. I've never had a decaf coffee in my life. Yeah. I mean, when I was pregnant, I was trying to like not have a ton of caffeine, so I would sometimes order like half-calf, but never decaf. <laughs> She, yeah, she questions him on why are you using the same pot that you gave someone for regular, and he said he was lying to them. Right. We cut to her in bed. Marshall's dead asleep, and she's still awake, and then she storms down to the bodega and yells at him, and he becomes dead to her at that point. I like how Lily tells him, you don't have to tell Mickey to go away. Just tell him that it's really important to be here, and before you know it, he'll be at a game convention in Toledo. Right. Um, Marshall's tries to argue that he was just trying to provide for the family. And I thought this was really good writing here. She says, no, that's what my mom did by working two jobs. That man broke my heart every single day for 20 years. Yeah, she... Really good line, and she delivers it so well. Right. Yeah, so you're right. I mean, like you said at the beginning, this was more of an emotional episode than a funny episode. We get, you know, more of Lily's backstory. and Apparently she put up with him for a while and then finally had enough. They go back and forth with Ted and Robin trying to give away the slap to each other and using a lot of (laughs) puns. Slap Prentice, Eric Slapton. And then they switch. When one of them claims it, the other one's like, wait a second. Just like that, and they do the opposite. Now they're arguing who should get it. Right. Yeah, and so Barney... Themselves and not the other. And it's funny to switch in Barney, because Barney's just, you know, 
wants to get it done with, and then he realizes that there's going to be some contention, and then he like settles in. Well, it has to be before dark, and mm-hmm. so he feels like he can maybe run out the clock here. Right, but he goes from like super worried to like, oh, well, this is interesting. Like, takes a sip of his drink as they start arguing. Yeah, Marshall. And Lily, we're back to them, and Marshall's arguing that, you know, Miggy's family, you can't just consider him dead. And Lily thinks it's easy for Marshall because he has a re- the most ridiculously close family in the world. We get a good scene of the Am- Erickson family dinner every single Sunday where we see the family in Minnesota all around the table, and then Marshall on a monitor. <laughs> right. He's asked to say grace. So everyone's holding hands, and he's got two mannequin hands. Right. To simulate hands on his side. I thought that was a really good that was a really good visual and yeah. I I'm sure I didn't laugh that hard this time, but I'm sure the first time or two I saw it I laughed hard. Yeah, and so Lily just makes the point that like, yeah, it's easy to say something like that when you don't have, you know, real family strife or any sort of drama and like, yeah, it's unfathomable to you to want to cut somebody off. When you come from a family like that. Marshall keeps pushing it. And then again, we get a really good emotional beat here from Lily saying, I can't believe you're taking this side. Let me be clear on this. That man will never cross the threshold into this home ever. And just, I mean, a really fine piece of acting from Allison Hannigan. Mm -hmm. And Marshall. Assures Mickey again. It won't be much longer. Yeah, Marshall's kind of the worst. Yeah, I don't like him in this episode. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of like, like Mickey's hopefully soon amigo. I'm fighting a losing battle with hemorrhoids here. Oh, that's my worst joke. I liked it. That's one of the diseases? No. <laughs> I didn't like that one. <laughs> I kind of liked it. I'm not sure why. All right, more Robin and Ted back and forth. Who gets it? I won't go through all their little arguments. I do like how Ted tries to pull the... He, he It belongs to him because she slept with his best friend, and he's still in love with her, and that's why it matters. <laughs> and Robin immediately calls it out. Like, do you really want to slap Barney so hard and so bad you would lie about being in love with me? And Ted immediately cops. I really want to slap him. <laughs> <laughs> We're back to Marshall and Lily. Marshall starts telling her that her dad, he's a different person now, and some reason why. Like, he moved out of the grandparents' house. He's paying off his IRS debts. He just gave himself away because now Lily oh, asks. And again, this is Marshall as being the worst. Like, I know, but I do why like you do this. I do like the wait. How do you know all that? Like body language, <laughs> right? So apparently, they got together for a drink the week before at McLaren's. It's unclear why this happened. Yeah, who reached out to who? And Marshall wants to fix this. Mickey's pretty hits. You know, pulls a few good heartstrings. And then Marshall says, right before my eyes, your father broke down crying, and then they cut to Marshall was actually the one blubbering. <laughs> and he did it in right. a very humorously way, humorous way. Sometimes yeah. his crying's done very well. Right. And then that's when he invites him to Thanksgiving. And so the jig is up. That's why he's there. And despite Lily's objections, he just invites him in. And, and Lily walks out. Yeah. Again, not a fan of Marshall in this one. Mm-hmm. Definitely Team Lily here. Then we cut to everybody playing diseases, and we get some regular reminders from Mickey that Ted's gallbladder is about to burst, and he needs to take his turn. It seems kind of interesting, <laughs> this game. Um, I want to know more about it, actually. Yeah, I like I mean, that there's a timer, then something explodes. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't want to play that game. I don't want gunk all over me. Well, you better play better. <laughs> 
Barney's trying to use the game as another reason to delay. And as Robin and Ted are arguing back and forth, Ted says, wait a minute, the slap was supposed to be a wonderful thing, a gift, and it's turned us against each other. Robin said he's right and that he should take it. The once pure fruit has turned into a poison slapple. Hmm. More puns? <laughs> Which uh, should have counted up how many puns they have for slap in this. Oh, it's yeah. got to be at least ten. <laughs> slap, absolutely. And Mickey's continuing to, wor- to warn about the gallbladder. Marshall's trying to say we should really look for Lily, and Mickey's just kind of ignoring him. He's just too into the game. He's like a drug addict. Right. He just can't pay attention to anything else at this point. As Ted's getting ready to come and slap Barney, Barney, I kind of like what he does here. <laughs> right. It's very Barney-esque movie. Yeah, he taunts Robin, saying that, I guess this makes sense, men are stronger than women. And then he goes into this longer speech. And as he's doing this, Ted and Robin are looking at each other very smugly. Right, like, we know what he's doing here. Yeah. It's not going to work. And that's with... Um, what you couldn't even tell yourself was that all you really wanted was that pretty white dress in that pretty white chapel. And at the end of the center aisle, strewn with pretty white flowers, a man to do all your slapping <laughs> for you. And then she lunges at him. Right. The timer goes off. The gallbladder toy bursts. Sort of green gook on ugh, the turkey gets on and the turkey people. and everybody. And Marshall just loses it. Yeah, I like Mickey's. Relax, it's not bile. It's just lead-based paint from China. And bile, and horse bile. Oh, so gross. <laughs> and then Marshall tries to give a dead to Where did he look. get horse bile? I guess he wanted to make it somewhat realistic. Right. Yeah, it's unclear where you can get that from. A veterinarian? But Yeah, Marshall tries to give his own dead-to-me look, and nobody knows what he's doing. Yeah. Billy's is much better. Mickey wants to know if he swallowed some of the paint. Marshall kicks him out and then goes to look for Lily. So he finds Lily at the bodega and, you know, apologizes, says that, you know, he kicked Mickey out. She never asked to see him again. And then... I like his line that he thought family was a right, but it's not. It's a privilege. It has to be earned. Right. And then we get a bit of a heel turn from Lily. Um, She realized that Mr. Park actually died. And it... Really upset her that, you know, she was still mad at him, and she never got to resolve that. And as she says, (laughs) she feels bad about this guy who meant literally nothing to me. And the widow Park runs off crying after she hears this. (laughs) So inconsiderate. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, it kind of helped her reflect and see that, you know, she is ready to forgive her dad. Yeah, I think about that a lot is... When I'm angry at Tyler and don't want to give him a really good good night at the end of the night, as I go to bed, I'm always thinking, what if he doesn't wake up or something horrible? Or if I get mad at him as I'm dropping him off at school, what if something horrible happens oh to him at gosh. school? And I always regret not giving a good goodbye or good night. Right. He's the only one I really worry about that with. Oh. You're not worried about if I disappear? No, you're strong. Nothing can take you down. <laughs> so as they get back... Marshall starts things off by saying that they're going to need Barney on the slapping throne. And Lily agrees as the slap bet commissioner that he should be tied up. Robin and Ted still have to decide who's going to do it. And they very kindly, with long speeches, give it to each other. (laughs) Yes. Every time someone's about to slap Barney, they stop and then give it to somebody else. So 
first it's Robin, then Ted, and then they give it to Mickey. And I like Mickey's line. Really? Well, I feel a little weird. I just met Barney, and I don't have anything against the guy, but how often do you get a chance to slap someone right in his face? <laughs> right. And so poor Barney, because everybody goes, like, literally, like, right up, uh, like, raising hand about to slap before they you know, turn it over to somebody else. So he's just going through hell. But ultimately, Mickey can't do it either, and he hands it off to Lily. And then Lily can't do it. Uh, actually, before that, Barney argues that she's a slapback commissioner. She's supposed to remain impartial. She says a slapback commissioner. She's, commissioner, she says it's okay. This reminded me of a scene in Friends. And do you know which one I'm going to say? <laughs> yeah. When Joey and Phoebe are racing. The duck and the chick. <laughs> right. But, but Joey's the judge or something <laughs> at the same time, even though he's in the contest. Right. And every time she challenges something he does, he says, oh, judge says it's okay. And she's always just fine with it. Oh, right. that was a really close call. Judge says nutter butter. Even Lily ultimately can't do it. We <laughs> get sort of a weird. And every time they're handing off the slap to somebody else, they're playing this like really sentimental music, yeah. which I kind of liked. <laughs> Marshall says that of course she can't because the slap has done exactly what he hoped. It's brought them all <laughs> closer together and it's caused them to recognize both the frailty and the greatness in themselves and each other. Now, did he just make this up on the spot? Yes, clearly. Because <laughs> there's no way he actually intended this to be the end result, <laughs> no. that no one could do it. No, but I like him pulling it together to pretend that he had. All to set it up so that Barney gets up thinking that he's clear, and then Marshall slaps him really hard again. Right. And then we get the ending, which is a commercial for Aldrin Games slap bet. I really like this. Now, I, I thought I remembered it being funnier. It was probably funnier the first time we saw right. it. Like, now we just know what to expect. But I really like that they incorporated the song that Marshall sang sure. in Slapsgiving 1 and made it into this little, like, commercial jingle. So, Mar- yeah, Mar- Marshall gave him the jingle at some point to use. <laughs> right. And we, I don't think we ever really find out how successful this game is, but it made it to commercial, so right. clearly somebody bought it from Mickey. Yeah, I guess that's true. And, yeah, it's just a bunch of children slapping each other, and eventually a grandma shows up <laughs> also gets slapped. Yeah, I think the one part of it that really made me laugh was the very last slap this girl lays on a boy that knocks him over. (laughs) It doesn't even seem like they're part of the game anymore. She just decides to slap him. (laughs) We made the mistake of letting Tyler watch this last part and then... Of course, what did he do but come up and try to slap you? I mean, not hard at least, but... (laughs) We need to maybe be a little more careful about the media (laughs) we're letting him watch. Yeah, it's like on The Simpsons where Maggie sees... (laughs) Itchy and scratchy, and then, like... Tries to kill Homer. Yeah. With the hammer. Drops a drops something on his head, or hits him in the head with a hammer. Right. And that's the end. We got through that pretty quick. We did. What do you think I ranked this? Ooh, let's see. I'm going to go with 86. 85. Whoa! Very close. Damn. Very proud of you, honey. <laughs> Thank you. My favorite joke, I think it's the commercial... Mine is, too, and specifically that, like, they reused that song that Marshall sang in the it first one. Again, it didn't even make me really laugh this time watching it, but I just could feel it. Like, I feel like this is what I've always liked most about this episode, so. hmm Least favorite joke? Uh, mine was the hemorrhoids one. I think mine was what I mentioned early on. Marshall and the turkey? Yeah. His reverence for the turkey. 
and treating it like it's a baby. Mm-hmm. All right. I am going to read our new emailer. He calls himself Eric in Nevada. Hello, Eric in Nevada. And this email just came to us at 6.28 p.m. Ooh, this evening. under the wire. Yeah, about two and a half hours ago. Three and a half hours ago. Was it that late already? Eric writes, So I just started your podcast and just finished episode 2.13 columns. Sounds like another person binging our <laughs> podcast. Yay! At the end, there was a possible throwaway line of something to the effect of, quote, two guys who do a Seinfeld podcast just showed up with mics and want their format back, unquote. <laughs> End quote, rather. Having just finished Seinfeld before starting yours, I can't help but wonder if there's a coincidence there, or a correlation there. Maybe I missed something from earlier. Strictly curious is all, if you remember. Anyway, it took a bit, but really enjoying the show. Even the snoring doggy. Oh, good. I'm all in. She's snoring more tonight, so hopefully you can hear it. <laughs> Thanks for any info. Be well. Well, unfortunately for Eric, unless he's kind of listening to new ones while he's listening to old ones, he won't get to hear oh, yeah. <laughs> this read for a while. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Depending on how, how, how much he's binging. I wonder if he'll listen just to see if he got read. Um, I wonder if Jonathan's his plumber. Jonathan's in New England. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so the line about the Seinfeld podcast is... It's twofold. Okay. <laughs> One, we have spoken on and off about probably the first show recap, episode recap podcast we ever listened to, mm-hmm. which was covering Seinfeld. It was by Rob and Akiva. Rob has a podcast, is a po- sort of a become a podcast empire now where they cover probably right. 30 or 40 different shows. But at the time, I mean, this was like... I think at the time they were just doing reality shows. Mostly reality shows. And then I think a few... I think Seinfeld might have been one of the only scripted because this was back... I think I found it like when I went back to work. They started Game of Thrones shortly after... Or Walking Dead shortly after they started Seinfeld, I think. Right... But if you look up Rob Has a Podcast, you might be able to find, because this Seinfeld podcast, they did an entire rewatch of all of Seinfeld. Yeah. And so I would say, and I, when we, I think from our very first podcast, we said that we were sort of borrowing from their format, mm-hmm. more yeah, or less. We kind of, I'd like to say we were inspired by it. So in the episode columns, we have Hammond Druthers telling Ted that two men in togas came in, right. unrolled a scroll, and read that even they, they are not Yeah, even they are not using columns styles. anymore. Right. So that was my end joke, which I often try and tie into the episode, that two people from with <laughs> Right. Two Seinfeld podcasters came in and told us we stole their basic elements of podcasting. But yeah, but if yeah, if anybody's actually interested in that, if you just like look up Robin Akiva, it actually pops up. The Seinfeld podcast pops up. I have listened to it all the way through either two or th- maybe even three times. And they go longer than us. I mean, they, I think oh, no, they're episodes that were like an hour and a half. Yeah, for, <laughs> I think they've almost gone minutes. two hours. <laughs> yeah, they have a lot of chat, a lot more chatter than we do. Yeah, we try to keep our chatter to... And they even, to. I mean, they cover much less of the episode than we do. Yeah, we really go a bit go, more beat for beat. Right. Some episodes more than others, but right. they kind of, they... they Go in order of the of the episode, but they veer off. They'll veer off topic from the episode for about twenty minutes at a time. <laughs> right. 
But, but they, yeah, but, but they had a great rapport, so it was usually entertaining. Yeah, and at this point, I mean, they're covering like almost every major scripted show, like everything that almost everything that we're watching right now. Their, their has a corollary. universe is yeah. yeah they've they've got yeah, now, like, specifically. like ten or fifteen different podcasters that are part of their group that will cover different shows at a time. Yeah, I think the only big one that I noticed was missing is Super Pumped. They're not doing. Oh, okay. But basically everything else that I've been watching, they're doing. Yeah, well. maybe they won't do the one app, the one season ones because Super Pumped is just going to be a one season thing. No, uh, yeah, maybe. Unless they, but I think they were doing Inventing Anna. They were doing, I think, I think they were doing The Dropout too. So kind of in that same vein of like con artist scripted shows, right? But anyway, so that's where that's from. Okay, next week. Oh, but thanks for writing in. Eric. Yeah, thanks a lot, Eric. Keep writing. We appreciate it. Next week is The Window. Oh, nice. Okay. That's, that's a nice, sweet episode. I like that one. Mm-hmm. I can't remember how funny it is. I remember liking Ted talking to his class about if yeah. he's ready to get back into a serious relationship. And it's Barney trying to pick up a woman in overalls. overalls. So, yeah, I just I don't remember how funny it is. Robin trying to hit on the guy to take him away from the girl Ted's interested in. Oh. <laughs> and just completely failing. <laughs> right. There's some good stuff. Yeah, I think that one will be probably more enjoyable than this one. All right, folks. Hopefully I'll get that out by uh, the week, within oh, a week after God. this. Oh, my God. I can't believe we went through an entire episode talking about slaps and we did not talk about the Oscars. I, in coming into this podcast, I was thinking, oh, i got to remember to talk about right. the Oscars. And I was going to phrase it as, or frame it as, should we join the rest of the media universe and feel the obligation to talk about. No, if I think for no other all reason commentary then. has possibly been said, but I just thought it was interesting timing that this one came up in such close proximity to... No, that's happened. a very good point. And I, if, unless, if you were traveling to the moon, you this still... Moon? W- this moon. <laughs> even if you were traveling to the moon. <laughs> if you've been on a secret NASA mission... <laughs> You would you would have heard about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock at the live broadcast of the Oscars, and I, I saw it the next day. I did not see it the night of. Right. That would have just yeah. Can you I even imagine seeing that live. live? Right. But I, I think yeah, everyone's covered this to death. Oh yeah, no, we don't have to offer any I, comment. I was really it. obsessed with it for a week. Yeah, you really it were. Really, it really bugged me, <laughs> and I kind of landed on ninety percent. It was horrible. For Will Smith to do that, 10%, he must be going through something horrible to have gotten him to a place where he did that. Um, But, and I think the best write-up I've seen on it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wrote a really good article, uh, opinion piece on it. I forget where where it was was printed, but look for that. I thought that was sort of the best coverage of it. What I'm really dying to still see is what is... Chris Rock do with this? I've heard it, he talked about it in some stand-up. Like, I don't think with any sort of real commentary on it, but I think it, he's had a few stand-up shows since then. Knowing him, he's going to turn it into something funny and not... Hey, I don't think he's going to go on the talk show circuit to talk about right, it. Right, probably. But not. I think he's going to put it into a show... I think I read that already his like ticket sales have doubled or something. Everything's sold out for him, which I would think it probably does anyways. But right. people are paying a, an enormous amount to go see him now. So this is... To see if I they think, can get some hot takes. Yeah, I think they want to see how he... Sp- 
un, un, I think they want to see how he turns this into something funny. Because he kept it so cool on stage that night. Right. He even said, really? Over a G.I. Chain 2 joke? <laughs> like, it really didn't even dig that hard, but it's not up to us to say how much something hurts somebody. Right. That being said, yeah. So, if not for this being a slap-centric episode, we probably should have just let it go, but thanks for Oh, yeah. Me. No. I mean, <laughs> otherwise we have no reason to talk about it. We're not a current events podcast. So much for our evergreen approach to podcasting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I guess we... No, I mean, we were talking about the pandemic, obviously. Yeah. I think people are going to know when we took place. All right. Everyone, thanks for hanging in there. And we will talk next week about The Window. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.